Hey love, welcome to the Woman Up Podcast. My name is Rosa Alejandra and I am your host. I'm very excited to bring you different experts on topics that are going to help you live an unapologetic life. I have news for you. We have actually moved the podcast to Clubhouse. What that means is that we will be live every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. So this gives you an amazing opportunity to come to Clubhouse, sign up for our club, and actually ask our experts your questions in real time. So talk about connection, talk about being able to get coaching on the spot. You really do not want to miss this opportunity. So come on over, we will record, and then the podcast will be available here on Thursdays for your listening experience or for you to share it with all of your loved ones. Once again, thank you for being here. I'm very excited and I cannot wait to see you thrive and hopefully meet you on Clubhouse. The name of the club is The Woman Up Club. See you soon. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Woman Up Podcast. I am super excited today because I have with me my good friend Annette Estrada, who is going to talk to us about breaking generational trauma through energy shifting. But what I I love the most about her, and I'll let her explain a little bit more of what she does, is that she has something called, or a program called, I should say, Mini Manifestors. So um, at the risk of assuming, I see that you are helping, you know, this world shift since since a young age. So I really, really love that. So Annette, please go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody here. Yeah, hello. My name is Annette Estrada. I am a single mother. I'm a uh, classroom teacher. I teach grades four or five. And um, I have been working on my organization called Mini Manifestors. And initially, it started off with a, a book that, um, that I published. And um, I'm potentially working with other publishers, too, to um, get it out there. But um, it's out, and it is it is for parents. So it's a, Mini Manifestors is like a two-prong ap- approach where I work with parents and, um, and youth. And so for the parents, it's all about, um, you know, acknowledging the power of our energy and how that impacts the environment um, of our youth and um, how it can lead to creativity, you know. Um, And for the kids, it's all about, um, you know, putting projects together that they're passionate about. Um, If you can imagine what a lot of our youth are doing these days, especially if they have phones, they might be more engaged in technology. So it definitely is, um, it's a, a way to get people off the couch and um, you know, I got I got a, a group that's running uh, the Mini Manifestors podcast, and um, I also had some students create uh, projects for our class, and um, I have uh, students working on. Uh, they created a. Uh, Black Lives Matters club at their at their high school. So um, it's definitely been a, a learning, <laughs> a learning experience, <laughs> to say the least. That's, that's just beautiful. But I do have a question. And this is coming yeah. from 
um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know, but I am a neurolinguistic programming coach. So I'm very aware of yeah, like limited beliefs and, you know, values and all of that yeah. stuff that block us. Right. And I know right. that one of my limiting beliefs showed up when I moved to Chicago and I was giving talks for, for females, for women. And most of those women would approach me and say, why don't you do this for kids? And I would freak out and I'm like, and, and the reason why I would freak out is because I had a different type of upbringing. So I couldn't fathom in my mind how I could help kids, you know, wake up specifically, you know, young girls wake right. up to their power, wake up to, you know, to their individuality and their freedom. If they went home to, um, I sleep parent, you know what I mean? Like a toxic right. environment. So coming from that um that belief that i come from how do you manage having a program uh you know for example for this mini manifester have you have you found any type of resistance from the parents or any issues or any contradictions like i am very very uh curious about this because i would like to open my mind to something like yeah. that yeah you know um Well, you know, as a teacher, you know, uh, luckily as a teacher, I mean, for the most part, parents are, are generally, you know, they're generally respectful, you know, unless there is an issue uh, going on with their child. But, um, you know, a lot of the parents are actually um, appreciative of the opportunity um, that their children get to create basically something out of nothing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So um, I've, I've luckily had um, some good experiences, many manifestors wise. Um, but in the classroom, it seems it is a different it is a different environment. And it, it does speak to what you're talking about. You know, sometimes we have, you know, parents who call their kids lazy or, oh, you know, um, you know, whatever label you can imagine. You know, because, you know, we've we've all been there, you know, as uh, whether we have nieces, nephews or our own children. But, um, yeah, there there is there. It's it's kind of like a, a slow shell that you you kind of like slowly crack. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and yeah, because it's I mean, it could be one of those truths that um, that need to be shared um you know, upfront. And sometimes it is just a quick and hard truth straight to the parents, you know, regarding whatever, whatever support their child needs. Um, but on the other hand, you know, my approach is a very progressive, uh, it's a, it's a progressive, uh, approach to, you know, crack the, crack the shell little by little. Um, and so they can see, you know, the potential that their own children have. Right. Um, yeah, it, yeah. So it's, it's not easy. <laughs> right. But in, in the great, in the, in the, in the best hope would be that the children can actually teach their parents, right. And bring them into their world so exactly. that they can actually, you know, do that type of work. But I am really right. excited because our amazing audience, um, Tamara, she jumped up uh -huh. here. So I'm thinking Ooh. you have a question. Would you like to ask a question? Do you have some feedback? Actually, it's more of um, a comment more than a um, question. So mm -hmm. I've worked in um, various areas of education, K-12, okay. as well as in higher ed. Mm -hmm. And so I can really um, speak to um, more so on the, the college level when I'm teaching um, my students in the freshman learning communities. 
oftentimes I run into students that have um, baggage, so to speak, with however they grew up. And they're in school for um, their parents. Mm. They're not majoring in things that they want to major in. So through my class, I found that I've allowed them to explore outside of what their parents were telling them or have told them and they become free. Um, so it, it's amazing to see the transformation from the beginning of the semester uh, to the end of the semester, how the student has slowly um, built more confidence. They've broken down some of the walls and they're learning to live um, their lives on their own terms. So mm. I think it's an important conversation. Yeah, that is. Um, actually, I read a book. Uh, actually, I'm still reading it. Uh, the title is called How to Raise Adults. And, um, you know, the author, I got to drop the name of the author shortly. I have to find it, actually. But um, it's interesting because, you know, before the, the 80s, um, you know, there was a little bit more freedom with the way or around the 80s, there was still that freedom for kids to go out and play, you know, when the when the porch light comes on or, you know, just kind of have that uh, that freedom to be uh, curious and to hang out with your friends and what have you. And then after, um, you know, the kidnapping scares that started to happen, um, where it kind of went full blown, like in the eighties and nineties, more and more of, of, you know, of us, I was, I think I, I forgot what, no, I was in high school around that time, but a lot of the younger kids, they were, they were kind of, um, sheltered in a sense. And so there, that, that term of helicopter parent, uh, came in and, um, exactly what you're talking about Tamara, where, uh, this author was, a, I believe she was like an admin admissions director or the Dean of admissions or what have you for Stanford. And she exactly talks about the, the idea around how parents are, you know, helping their kids, um, move into the dorms or there was, there was one, uh, Stanford student who I think it was Stanford or it was another college, um, it could, because this was a case study where an actual college student freshman, uh, had his boxes out in front of the dorm. And instead of like asking for help on his own, he actually called his mom and was like, Hey, I can't get into my dorm. I need help. It was something as <laughs> it was something as simple as that, but it speaks to it speaks exactly to what you're talking about, Tamara, with this idea around like you know uh, the parents being you know all over their child, even even beyond college years, you know. I love it. I'm loving this conversation. It's so true. Like there is, there has been definitely a loss of autonomy, and that is why we're dealing with so many. Um, well, and, and, I, and I always speak to women because that is who I, I directly um, help. But that's why we're dealing with so many people that have these either loss of identity or confusion of identity. They don't understand who they are, what they are, why they are. And, um, and, this is, and, and, and this shows the root, you know, the cause of the problem. I remember, and we will definitely get into the energy shifting, <laughs> but I'm loving this. I remember yeah. clearly, you know, my child, um, you know, and I'm a Gen Xer. 
Uh, so I would take my son, my son to to eat, and I'm the type of parent that what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? I will support you. It's not about me. It's about you because it's your life for the rest of your life, right? And right. and this kid did not have really any any set thing, dream, or or anything that he was after. So I remember clearly sitting sitting at a restaurant, pulling out napkins, and I'm like, do you want to, you know, be a trash guy? Do you want to play a sport? Do you want to dance? Do you want to go to NASA? Like, I would do all these things. And he'll be like, nope, 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 nope. So because he was already in high school, I would start getting very concerned because, because I am a freedom lover. I wanted to see him soar but he was very different i'm a sagittarius he's a cancer so he's very different so i was pushing 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 for him and he was just going with the flow something that i don't usually do right so uh -huh. then i remember clearly i went into 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 a gym uh because i was i was manager for some classes there and i asked one of the ladies at the front desk now this lady she's around the age of my son now so she was young back then and i said i don't understand your generation i said what is it about you that you guys don't want to do a darn thing, you know? Uh, you guys expect everything to be given to you, da 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 da, da. And uh -huh. I said, you know, I don't understand my son. He doesn't want any type of job. He doesn't have any type of, you know, uh, aspirations. But yet I taught him different. And she's like, but did you really? Like, she was just so bold. And I loved it because she woke me up that day. She's like, but did you really? I said, absolutely. You know, I'm very encouraging and everything. And she said... So you mean to tell me that you were not one of the parents that said, because my mom struggled and because I struggled, you will not struggle. So you make sure that you don't go and get a job at McDonald's. You make sure that you don't go and get a job at a restaurant. You make sure that you get into an office and you go into management. And I said, oh, I did say those words. And, she, and she's like, yes, you know, you guys have created us. We are the generation that we're waiting for the White House you know, a uh, position to open. Other than that, we don't deserve any less than the White House. And I'm like, holy shit, I did do that. So, you know, this is so interesting because, I mean, we're, going, we're about to talk about breaking generational trauma, but because of the generational trauma, we as parents sometimes completely want to shift that trauma without the awareness, and we don't understand we're shifting into actually creating more problems. So I would love to talk about that, but I definitely want to acknowledge Patty. Patricia, thank you for coming up here. Just FYI, my love, we are recording a podcast, so if you decide to open your mic and, and join our conversation, you will be recorded. That's all I need to, I need to let you know. You're giving me permission. So feel free to ask questions um, or anything you need to do. Thank you for joining us. So Annette, let's yes. talk about that. Let's talk about, first of all, this idea of breaking generational trauma through energy shifting. So what exactly are we talking about here? And are we talking about a specific age or anybody can do this? No, this is uh, this is at any age. I mean, I'm I just recently uh, recognized some some traumas that uh, I feel like I've broken, um, specifically around uh, whether it be violence or abuse, uh, sexual abuse, and um, I mean, without getting into too much detail, um, I I pretty much grew up with the idea of no boundaries and um, a very limiting belief around my self-worth um, in addition to how lovable I am. And, uh, and so, you know, the, 
I feel like the experiences that I that have happened throughout my life, particularly with relationships, not so much career or um, money. I mean, money is always good, too. So that's another thing that, you know, I'm I'm uh, working on manifesting. But um, this this idea around um, uh, that the experiences I've, I've uh, gone through in relationships it's like a loop, you know, and if I didn't learn my lesson the first time, I go through another type of relationship, um, maybe slightly better, but there's still, there's still a lesson to be learned, um, which is, uh, in my particular case, the boundary setting. Um, because I, I grew up, uh, you know, due to sexual molestation, I grew up not knowing what boundaries looked like. Um, because it was, it was, uh, it was not taught to me. And, um, you know, I was taught what love looked like in a different way. And, um, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much the experience that was looping over and over where I felt like, um, sex was the way to show love when there are so many different ways to show love, you know? Um, but that's, that's what I learned. Um, because of the way that my abuse happened. And so the energy shift, with regard to the energy shift, I feel like it was um, the catalyst has been, uh, the catalyst to this energy shift are are all the experiences that have occurred, um, you know, through my relationships. And so... Um, as I jumped on this train um, of uh, this recognition of, oh, my gosh, here's the lesson. I need to put up boundaries for anybody, not just for people in um, intimate relationships, but for anybody there, there slowly became the energy shift. And so now that I'm riding this train um, uh, the energy shift train, um, I feel like there have been, uh, there are subtle changes in the way that I'm starting to operate on a daily level, uh, or day to day. So it's kind of like a loop, you know what I'm saying? Where, um, things happen, uh, there's experiences, you notice them, um, and a change happened. So it was kind of like a, for me, it was a progressive change. I, I, I wonder, I wonder if anyone else has experienced anything like this with that type of shit. So let me, let me ask you this real quick, and then I'll definitely open, open up the space for, for our, our ladies here to share. But let me ask you this. So you started experiencing the energy shift once you started setting boundaries in place. So I want to be able well, not me necessarily, but I, I would like for the audience to be able to understand how this right. actually connects to generational trauma. How can that shift that you created specifically for, um, right. for boundaries, how is that going to start shifting that generational trauma? And the other thing that I would like to point out is that the generational trauma, it could be from generations behind you and generations before you that, that are coming right. up as well. So if right. you don't mind sharing, that would be amazing. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm Filipina, you know, and, um, I, something tells me in my intuition that, uh, you know, with all the, the colonization, uh, that happened on, on the islands, um, you know, a lot, a lot was taken away from us, whether it be our purity, you know, um, through sexual violence, 
um, our identity. Um, you know, I'm sure we were also used as slaves at some point. Um, and we were, uh, we, ideas, ideas were forced on, on, uh, you know, many of the original people on the islands. Um, and so with that, um, just kind of the way that my, it's more, it seems like it's more on my dad's side. I'm not sure about my mom's side, but it, I feel like a lot of, you know, have you heard of the the term um, epigenetics where it's not so much, you know, scientists have discovered, discovered how DNA is not so much set in stone, but also the environment um, kind of informs the way that, um, that genomes are expressed, which yes. changes the makeup of DNA. Yes. So, you know, when you think about, when you think about uh, high levels of trauma like that, um, and how that informs the way genomes are created through uh, chemical, uh, through the chemical markings in these, uh, in the helix of the DMA, um, DNA, um, it, uh, it passes on. And so I feel like it's, it's very apparent because in my culture, um, it's violence is kind of like the way to do it, you know? Um, and I'm not talking about regular spanking. I'm talking about like beating, you know, I'm oh, talking yes, about, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about straight on like incest. I'm talking about straight on molestations, you know, like this, this didn't, this didn't just come from nowhere. I mean, a lot of these behaviors were passed down, you know what I'm saying? And a byproduct of the abuse that I experienced informed me of the way to, um, I guess, be in this world, um, you know, for this lifetime, uh, in the earlier parts of my year, because in the earlier parts of my, of my upbringing, um, because I was um, abused at the very, very early age, um, you know, as a baby, you know. So um, when in connecting my abuse with uh, generational trauma and the breaking up of all of that, it has taken it has taken me years to learn over through so many experiences with the way I interacted with males in particular, um, through those, all that pain, whether, uh, specifically with the way I navigated through the world, um, you know, in interacting with men, there, there were slow energy shifts. Um, there were slow energy shifts from the pain, and from that pain came lessons, and from those lessons came the energy shift. And it's been a steady, progressive uh, thing that is built up to where I am now, which is, um, you know, uh, you know, all the lessons you can imagine. And, and it, for me, in particular, it is setting boundaries. It is knowing my self worth, and it is knowing that I'm I'm lovable for just being me. You know, not just for being an object. Yes, yes, yes. And I want to take the moment to commend you to to really honor you because, you know, women that can step up and speak up on these issues 
bluntly, boldly, and um, without the guilt or shame, right? From a healing yeah. perspective, it's so needed for other women to see that yeah. number one, your voice counts. Number two, yes, you can break free as well. And number three, you must break free because there are generations right. that are gonna follow yours. So right. definitely healing yourself, putting yourself first, you know, practicing selfish selflessness. It right. is the, it is the, it is so important. And I have constantly been asked, why do I only help women? And the thing about it is that if, I mean, if I was to be blunt and bold, I really, right. I mean, I love you women. I love us today, but I right. love more your children and your grandchildren and their children. So right. I am more worried, like my impact is not with you. My impact is with you to make an impact through generations to come because right. our ancestors didn't know any better yet, right? And because they were submitted in so many different ways, you know, in so many different forms, like you said, colonization, slavery, um, abuse, killing. Right. I mean, right. there is, there is, a, there is a, a collective trauma that needs to be, um, that needs to be addressed and healed. But on top of that, also, because we are women and on top of that, we are minorities. Um, yes. and, and I'm saying that, and I know in the audience, we might have a lot of different um, ethnicities, but right here in Clubhouse right now, we have Hispanic, Filipino and black. So women and minorities, we also have a separate and special type kind of trauma, which is you're a woman, if you speak up, if you heal, you're automatically a witch. Like there is always, you know, there has always been this disadvantage to being a female. So I wanted to take that moment or that time to, to thank you for being willing to share such deep, um, issue that, that you've gone through or that, you know, that you that you did go through with us and with the audience because I know this is going to help so many simply free themselves and be able to talk and understand that is nothing to be ashamed of but it's definitely something that you can now get the get a hold of and heal through it right 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 so, yeah yeah I mean and and to speak on that I mean you know now you know <laughs> I'm in my forties um, you know and it's amazing to watch uh, especially my daughters you know. Um, but it's amazing to watch just any of our younger generations. They're so, you know, they're so with it. And, um, you know, I honor that in many of our youth that, you know, gosh, you know, these, a lot of the, the youth, cause I've taught for like, I've taught for about eight years going on nine and, um, you know, a lot of them are just, they're with it, you know, and, um, I'm just thinking like, wow, you know, I wish when I was a kid, I was a, I was a little more awake, but you know, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on in my home, but still, um, you know, um, but to go uh, back to my daughters, um, you know, the, especially at this vital age where they're learning, they're piecing together their own identity. Um, I'm, I feel very, I feel blessed to, to be, um, at this point where, you know, I'm, I'm exercising, you know, the self-love and the, the self-worth and, you know, showing how much I love myself to them in all different ways, because they're, they're getting at that ripe age. Um, they're getting at that ripe age of, uh, you know, piecing together their, their own identity, you know? Um, I mean, of course I did it when they were little too, but I don't know. It just, it just seems like the time, you know? Yes. No, I completely, completely agree. Let me just see if anybody would like to share anything or if you guys want to comment or ask questions, Tam Tamara or Patty. No. 
Okay, we can keep going. <laughs> no, this, this is pretty awesome. So tell me, do you have an exercise of, do you have maybe one, two, three suggestions on how to start shifting your energy uh, at such a level that it will affect, uh, you know, in a good way, of course, the generational uh, links? Right. Um, well, I mean, first, first and foremost, um, something that kind of, something that uh, helped me um, and it was recognized through a relationship is, you know, just kind of taking inventory of what is serving me and what's not, you know, like, what am I not feeling good about? Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, like, where, where do I feel good at? Not so much like feel good with like, um, substances or drinking, but more like what, what, what's feeding my soul. And so number one is, is taking inventory of what's serving you. And then, um, with that, um, that inventory, uh, the second thing that comes to mind is, you know, kind of, you know, if you notice that things aren't serving you just kind of, uh, progressively pulling away. And I feel like that's kind of a natural thing too. When, when people just aren't people or things just aren't aligned in your life anymore. Um, I know personally, I found myself just kind of pulling away from certain things or certain people, um, because it just wasn't feeling aligned anymore. So, um, that inventory, that number one point of taking inventory of what's serving you, it really is like a true intuition slash gut check. Like what's not serving you. And then number two is, you know, start to slowly, you know, pull away from it or, um, you know, start to fill your life with more things that are positive. Um, because, you know, many people have, uh, you know, a, a good number of positive spots or people in their lives. And so filling in uh, your life with uh, more things that make you feel good. Um, and then, I feel like number three is, is kind of going with that energy flow because, um, the idea here is there does, there is a certain level of, um, of will that comes, um, to this number three point, which is sustaining that high vibrant, that high vibrancy, um, energy, energy wise. So, um, I do a lot of things during, uh, the day on it, <laughs> during the day to keep my energy up. Um, I mean, it ranges from bubble baths. If I have the time to do it just to clean my energy, um, my gratitude journal, um, praying or, you know, gratitude, just saying my gratitudes just all throughout the day, um, which has really helped, um, just keep my, the good vibes up basically. And, um, and then I'm starting to visualize, I'm starting to do a lot of visualization to, to help with the manifestation part. And, um, if, if any, if, if any of you are familiar with Esther and Jerry Hicks work with, uh, the law of attraction, uh, that, that high vibrancy, um, is kind of like a, it's kind of like a vehicle to, to deliver you to your end, your end goal or whatever you want to manifest. But for me personally, it is a job. It is a job to keep up number three, to keep up that um, high vibration because of my monkey brain. It's so easy to be, to be negative, you know? 
Absolutely, but you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretty much go over what you just said because there are some very important points in each one that would actually help us all with that monkey brain because yeah, the monkey brain is there because we operate um, 90, 93 to ninety five percent of the time from our subconscious mind. So that number one that you said is super super important. Taking inventory of what's not serving you. That is so important, but also understanding why it's not serving you and understanding if you are ready, willing and able to let it go. And, and, and that has to come in, those, in, in, in that order. Are you ready? Are you willing? And are you able? Because we might be ready, but it doesn't mean that we're willing, right? Because believe it or not, some of our limiting belief systems serve a purpose in our mm-hmm. lives right sometimes it keeps yes, us safe yes. or sometimes it keeps other people around us so you definitely have to get very very real with yourself so i love that tip take inventory of what's I not love serving tips. you love it yeah um, i love that addition <laughs> thank you it's so true <laughs> yes uh second pull away from negatives and go more towards the positives. So again, you know, that definitely ties up with awareness. That's when you start practicing awareness uh, because it is so easy to do one thing today and then maybe tomorrow, but then you go back to your norm. So always, always be willing to take a good look in the mirror and remind yourself, you know, the the path that you've decided to shift into, right? And in this case, it would be, you know, an an energy rising. So I love it. Thank you for that, Annette. And um, (laughs) (laughs) number three, I have, or I wrote, it says you are... I'll keep the, it's a, the oh go energetic. go go with the energy flow yes yeah so again you know it's everything all of this is awareness yes go with the new energy flow but the only reason why number four becomes difficult like you said it becomes a job it's because and I'm just gonna say it out loud yeah all these trend of mindset 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 is actually killing people into feeling like a failure into going into circles with the monkey brain it's like you're trying to convince yourself to be somebody whom you're not right somebody that you've never met so the only reason why four becomes such a job it's because you've decided to be more in flow with positives but you've also at the same time and i'm not saying you and it i'm just explaining it for our audience Uh, but at some point you've decided to ignore your negative let me tell you something you know your negatives are actually like a little kid they're gonna come out and they're gonna want your attention and they're gonna come out when you don't want them to come out when you thought everything was great you know running smoothly and that's when they're gonna come and fuck with you so do not do not ignore your negatives give them love and release them with love and let in because you're grown and you know at this point that you no longer need them. You don't need them to keep you safe, right? Because that's what our negatives are. So, yes. <laughs> so well, you know, it's it's funny you bring that up because uh, you know, speaking of my monkey brain, or I also refer to her as my inner wounded child. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm you know um, manifesting a number of things in my life currently, um, and you know, she comes up. She's like, oh, you know. How are you going to do that? Or how are you going to do this? And, um, you know, it took, it took, I mean, it's just a constant, you know, every time I get into my gratitude journal or my visualizations, you know, and I'm loving her, I'm like, hey, hey, you know, um, this is what we deserve. You know, I know in the past, you know, this, you know, this idea kind of helped us to survive, 
but you know, now we're all for thriving now, you know, but I want to say that recently, I feel like I've actually broken through to my inner wounded child where it was, okay, the loves and kisses, you know, she's sitting on my lap, I'm imagining her on my lap, and I'm giving her a talk. But I told her, I said, you know, what we're manifesting, it's not just for us. It's not for a selfish reason, you know, because in the end, what we're manifesting, we're going to teach to other people. And when when I told her that, all of a sudden, she just flipped on board. And that is something new that I I have not experienced with her. Super yes. new. Super new. Yes. And the reason why is because it was a weak concept. It wasn't an I am going to do right. this. She, you didn't leave her in the past. You brought her with you. And that's why. So that oh, is goosebumps. Yeah, no, and it's the truth. It's the truth. Anytime I do a mirror session with my clients, they get to see wow. their, their child and I'm like, bring her with you because there is such a component that is missing in our lives. We decided to adult and everything got screwed up, right? Because we took right. ourselves too fucking serious. And mm -hmm. if we go back to our childhood, even if we had a, a bad child, childhood, uh, abuse childhood or whatnot, we still believed, we still had dreams, we still had power in us, we had the vision that nobody could tame uh, whether it was a beating or like you said you know an abuse the vision of our future was grand regardless so right. bringing that child with you it actually gives you more power it, she gives you the vision that you might lack in the wildness and um, what am I trying to say the curiosity that you might lack as an adult and you give her the protection that she lacked when she was a child so it's yes. an amazing power couple so congratulations on that oh, I'm really I excited for you oh thank you thank <laughs> and, you, and you just articulated that like on point right there girl were you with me in my bedroom <laughs> girl we've, we've all been through shit believe it or not we've all been through shit and of course you know no one goes through the same level of crap but in our world it is that level of crap right and, right, and it's real right. and it's not comparable but the other thing and, and you know and i would like to add this too you know if we can just shift the belief or the meaning that we give to the world selfish. I was watching Sid Guru. I don't know if you know who, who he is, but Sid Guru. And one thing they asked him, you know, how do we become selfless? You know, so that we can be one with the world. And he said, right. and I was like clapping and jumping. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Because I'm all about, I'm all about selfishness, right? And, um, and he said, why in the world would you want to become selfless? If there, if you become selfless, then there is no longer the self, then you stop existing. Mm. So the, the point here is to be selfish, but at what, what level of selfishness? Is it, is it selfish for only your own good or is it selfish for the, for the collective's good? That is mm. where you want to learn to be. So stop uh, um, demonizing selfishness because at the end of the day, everything we do, it starts with self. I was right, like, right. yes. So I just wanted well, to leave that here tonight. <laughs> no, no, that's that's on point because I mean, and you think about it, or they'll quote it, or they'll use it as a phrase where, um, you know, self love is not self not self love is not being selfish, um, because in the end, you know, I was kind of thinking about this uh, before we jumped on, but I was thinking about the idea of how we when we are when we begin within. We are not only taking care of ourselves, but that light that we are helping to uncover, it affects all of humanity. Exactly. 
and all that energy spreads and there we go like the you know the unity and the elevation of of uh of the energetic makeup of our of our globe slowly begins to change and we we can st- we we are seeing it we're currently seeing it not everywhere but it's happening exactly and to put it into perspective no self love is even if even if you want to say self love is selfish like i said you know there is no problem with that word depending on right. how, on how you value that word but let's right. but let's get real and you know and i'll let you answer this you know what is more selfish to love yourself so that you are happy and whole within or for you to put your happiness and your love and your worth on someone else's and expect them to come fix you what is more selfish uh, so be except <laughs> right like right. depending on somebody else and and putting our happiness on them and if they don't deliver then we hate them and they didn't love us and all this bullshit that a lot of women and a right. lot of men go through so no definitely give yourself permission to be selfish because the more selfish you are the more healing you're going to be able to give yourself and everyone else around you because yes. number one, you're not going to attract toxicity because you'll know your your worth and number right. two, those that still get attracted to you they're they're with you because they want to glow like you so it's like teach yes. me teach me to be yes. selfish and i'll be like yes grasshopper yes i will <laughs> snapping over here girl oh my gosh Ugh. so so and then uh we are actually at 40 minutes so this is amazing oh, okay. but let me ask you where can people find you so that they can learn more about mini manifestors and all the amazing things you're doing to help yeah. uh, to help people you know shift their energy Yeah, yeah. So um it's actually if if you're not on Clubhouse um you can visit uh manifestors m i n i m a n i f e s t e r s .com. Beautiful. So minimanifestors.com. You heard it? Did you yes. hear it? Let me say it again. minimanifestors.com. Beautiful. Yes. And before we leave, you know, we have Tamara and Patricia up here. I would like to offer you the opportunity to say anything or leave a word of wisdom or ask a question. Tamara, do you have anything? Um, I would just like to say this was an awesome awesome conversation and thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. Um, Rosa Annette great um information the only thing that i want to leave is just you know we as women we are the cornerstone of society mm. and with our when we see a society in trouble we need to look at the health of our women are mm-hmm. they mentally are they mentally healthy are they spiritually healthy are they healthy emotionally and physically so if we see a society in trouble We know that our women, that our mothers, uh whatever role that they play, they're there in trouble. Yes. A lot of times they put the a lot of the blame on the men and mm-hmm. they forget to look at the women. Mm. So um that's the only thing that I want to say. I know that the work that you all are doing is great and um I look forward to seeing or hearing more uh, from you guys through Clubhouse. I love yeah. what you said, Tamara. Thank you so much. And this is why women, I must say one more again, one more time again, this is why it's so imperative that you start healing yourself and make yourself whole because at the end of the day, the future men are your children. So mm. it'll reflect 
what you know your wholeness your happiness will reflect from them onto their families and their children so i 100 percent agree tamara thank you so much patricia do you have anything you want to add my love before we close tonight i just want to say thank you for this great information and uh just my opinion resonates with what Tamara said, and that is that as women, um, we hold great power when it comes to our children and our community. So uh, sticking together, coming together, and um, with the same goal of making healthier communities is, is just wonderful. And, um, and I, again, I want to thank you guys for this space. Thank you. Thank you so much. Miss Annette, do you have any last words that you want to leave the, our audience with? No, I, you know what, I, I just, I, I totally agree, you know, with, with all the beautiful ladies here and, um, I'm just grateful. I am, I'm also grateful for this space. So, um, I mean, gosh, you know, future conversations to come, huh? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And all I'm going to add is that my heart is full. That's what this space is for to empower yes. each other, empower all the, all the, all the audience. And so that they can go and empower everyone that they can come in contact with. So thank you everybody that participated today. Thank you, Annette, so much for your, you know, your time and your willingness to be here and bring your expertise and your wisdom to my audience. And, um, and I will be sharing this link with all of you so that you guys can send it out into the world and that we can make a, a bigger impact. So again, my heart is full. I am so grateful for all of you. And don't forget to woman up. Have a beautiful, oh. beautiful night. You too. <laughs> Hey, so how was it? I hope you learned a lot. I hope you received a lot of gems and I hope you have a couple of action steps that you can take with you and actually apply to your life ASAP so you can make the shift that you so desire. We will, we will see you next week again at 7.30 p.m. Central on Clubhouse or here on your listening app every Thursday. Thank you for being here. Much love to you and I cannot wait to see you thrive.